Hi, hello, and welcome to The Notebook Nook with me, Mera. This is a place to unwind and reflect on our day-to-day -day lives, sprinkled with some bookish convos and, of course, some stories of my life. If that's something that sparks your interest, you're more than welcome to join the venture that I call The Notebook Nook. Hi, hello, this is Esmeralda Mimera, and welcome here to my podcast. Oh my goodness, today is such a beautiful day, you guys. Um, really, it's so breezy, it's beautiful, the birds are chirping, I have the windows open in my house, and oh my gosh, the breeze and everything is just so calming and refreshing. Oh my gosh, just livens up the mood. We have kind of like backed up into this kind of small little forest or woodsy kind of area. And it's the most calming kind of view that, oh my gosh, just like really warms my heart and really relaxes me. And I started thinking about a lot of things, right? And one of the things I was thinking, especially because of what I was watching. So I'm with my two dogs and my now newly fresh kitten, which I will probably talk about her a little bit later, but yeah, and my son. And we're here watching um, National Geographic Channel. And I started thinking about my father immediately because every time I put National Geographic or any kind of animal type of style a documentary or anything like that it just reminds me of my father he loves watching this kinds of stuff like wildlife and everything he just loves it so here i am sitting down watching national geographic and they're talking about the animals that they've rescued you have veterinarians and zookeepers and stuff and Basically, they rescue these animals, and then if they can rehabilitate them, they would bring them back out in the wild. And if they can't, they end up keeping them, and they end up just kind of making sure that they live a comfortable life. As I'm watching this, I see the emotions that these veterinarians and these zookeepers kind of have towards these particular animals after being with them, and even some of them when some of the animals get some ailments and they're not really good prognosis and the way they get so emotionally invested with these animals just i don't know it just like uh, tugged my heartstrings you guys so in seeing this and reminding myself of my father and watching these kinds of shows and then also me how i actually enjoy them as well I started to think about my childhood and one of the things that I know lately I have talked a lot about with my family and friends have been kind of the memories that I have with my grandfather. And we used to go on vacation almost all summer long to Mexico to go visit my grandfather and he actually had land and one in one of the lands he actually had animals and in another land he actually had fruits and vegetables and he would grow plants and right like fresh out of the seed you guys like seriously it, it was just amazing to see the growth and see how the process is and i'm glad i was able to experience that and for that i thank my parents for you know giving us the opportunity to go and visit and be able to see how other people live other than here in the u.s and it was probably the most calm and just naturistic experience that i could have ever had in my life and my grandfather in the land that he had animals in he had chickens he had roosters and they would all run around free they were free roaming you guys so they would be everywhere just you know 
clucking away. And he would even have pigs and little piglets and just seeing them grow. Also cows and he also had horses. I'm talking about like it was just a really beautiful farm. And I remember me and my sister having kind of like being very curious, especially with the pigs. And a lot of people probably think, why pigs? Out of all the things, why pigs? Well, I don't know, something about their chunky nature and their little grunts just kind of, I don't know, it just got us very curious. Which, by the way, I should probably clarify that. Uh, she's actually my cousin, but I call her my sister. We grew up together. We lived together since she was little. So to me, she is my sister and to her, I am her sister. So we all just view each other as siblings and that is just how it is. So yeah, we used to grow up together. So when I went on vacation, she would go on vacation with me or, you know, likewise, like we would always just be around each other a lot. And so in my grandfather's farm, I remember me and her getting very curious with the pigs and me and her were like, well, maybe we should climb up there, right? Because <laughs> they would have these kind of walls and we would climb up there, we'd sit down and just look at the mama pig taking care of her piglets. I don't know, it was just so cute. And of course we were always told to be very cautious and very careful because you're not supposed to be going into their enclosures and not just for the safety of us, but also for the safety of the pigs and the piglets. And we respected that. We just stood up there just looking down at them and just talk and have good conversations. We used to look at all the life and everything around us and we'd turn around and realize there was those chickens kind of running around and we just thought like how amazing it was that we were able to experience that right and further down as you looked further down you can see they're my brothers trying to ride horses and how the horses were so calm and just majestic looking and the wind blowing through the hair like I'm telling you guys it was an experience it was something that I was just like wow right and when we did get the chance to go actually to the other land that my grandfather had, it was more of an apple orchard, but he also did other vegetables like um, the green peppers and radishes. I remember the radishes clearly because I used to go into that little bundle or the little area where my grandfather used to have the radishes hidden in there. And I used to, you know, pull one. <laughs> I knew how they looked because my father actually taught me how to distinguish between the radishes and the carrots and other things that my grandfather had planted and so I already knew when I saw these particular leaves it meant there was a radish underneath there and <laughs> so of course I used to go in and try to pull a little radish out and of course um, I actually got caught one time by my grandfather and I was like <gasps> like oh no so I wasn't like scolded or anything like that but my grandfather did say like look I see you grabbing my radishes I know you like them but can you just you know not pull them out they're still young you know we have to cultivate them later on and he was right I was like yeah I know I know I'm sorry and and I ended up eating the radish and just I did promise him I wasn't going to be pulling anymore and I didn't but I do recall so many times going into these kind of long kind of uh, rows of plants. And I remember one of the times my grandmother goes, hey, you know, do you think you can go and get me some bell peppers? Uh, we're going to be cooking right now. She was going to make lunch. And yeah, I was like so happy. I was like, yes, I'll go, I'll go. And they told me which row I needed to get to and able to find the bell peppers. And this was a huge land, you guys. Like it was acres and acres of just vegetation and stuff. And I remember first going through each aisle 
I realized being a little girl, you know, and I'm looking up because there's rows of tomatoes, uh, like I said, jalapeno peppers, bell peppers, just rows and rows of these vegetables. And I was just kind of amazed. It was that moment where I kind of took everything in and I was like, wow, this is so awesome. I felt like I was in a forest of veggies. It was a really cool experience, you guys. But eventually I did find the row and I started walking down further. And it was just so amazing to see these fresh vegetables and just how well taken care of my uh, grandfather really took uh, care of his actual plants and the vegetation and everything. And as I was going down, of course, I found the bell peppers and I found the bigger ones that I found and I plucked them down and I used my little skirt, my little dress to kind of put the little bell peppers in there so that I can take as much as I can because I wanted to prove to my grandma that I can bring the most amount of juiciest, good, big, large bell peppers that I can possibly get. Uh, I wanted her to be proud of me, you know, to go and actually <laughs> get these things and I was so proud of myself. I started heading back and in between these vegetable fields, uh, my grandfather actually dug like little trenches almost and it would pump out water and these trenches were kind of like little rivers and they would flow through each of the vegetable rows and it pretty much, you know, watered all the vegetables and everything. And I had to cross one of them. Long story short, I my very sad and clumsy attempt of crossing the little river ended up me tripping and getting wet, getting my little dress wet and all the bell peppers just going into this river. And for a moment, some of them tried rolling down and I was like, no, and I'm like running to grab them. And I guess the positive thing is they were kind of rinsed out. So they were fresh rinsed <laughs> vegetables that I was bringing to my grandma. Eventually, I made it back to the little hut that they had. It was actually more like a little home. Uh, I went inside and I just explained to them, I'm sorry because I felt like I can't lie to my grandma. She's going to know if one of the vegetables are bruised. I don't know why I thought that as a kid, but I was like, I tripped and I fell and the bell peppers went in the water, but I pulled them out and here they are because they saw my dress. I was wet. And my grandmother was just laughing, but she was like, it's okay, mija, like, it's totally fine. At least now you rinse the vegetables for us, so that's good. And yeah, like, there's so many memories that I have just of these lands that my grandfather had. And he did have the apple orchards, and I remember him clearly telling us, like, do not eat the apples off the trees. If anything falls to the ground, you guys can take those. And most of the time, the the actual apples that were on the ground were actually still very good. You know, they were just freshly kind of fallen. Um, but us as kids, being curious kids, and of course, not really listening a lot, uh, we used to kind of, you know, lean on the tree and kind of give it a little shimmy shimmy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and of course, a few little apples would fall down to the ground and we would just grab them and bring them back, you know, and just start eating them. And it was just so, so juicy and fresh. And just thinking about those moments in which I really felt probably the closest to home, feeling the most peaceful kind of state of mind. And in my childhood, I did go through a lot of things. And for me, experiencing this with my grandfather in his lands was something that I really needed. I felt that that really helped nurture me and kind of gave me a little bit of that peace and comfort that I really needed as a child. And 
um, I was so, so thankful for my mom and my dad, you know, for even us even going on vacation and seeing that and being able to experience that kind of outdoorsy kind of life and very humble, humble kind of beginnings, um, very simple way of life. And now that I'm in a place in which I now have my own son, I want him to experience that. And actually in the place where we're living right now, it's very kind of like suburban, but almost close to rural kind of area. And there's a lot of equestrian kind of places. So they have a lot of like horses and, you know, animals and ponies and things like that around our area because there's a lot of farmland around here. And I do want to try to put as much effort as I can uh, once, you know, this whole situation we have going on in the world kind of calms down. I do want him to go and experience these kind of places and try to volunteer uh, to help, you know, with the farm animals and stuff like that and just see how he feels about it. If he even likes it, I don't want to push him and I don't want to kind of make him feel that he needs to do it, but I do want him to experience it at least one time in his life. Nature has been something big that has always brought some form of peace of mind and for some reason, as I started growing older and passing my teenage years and young adult life, I started to not really care for nature. I don't know why. I think it was just I was not in a very healthy kind of mindset and it was very difficult for me to really enjoy nature. But now that I'm much older and now that I am a much kind of better healthy mindset, I now want to get back into nature. I want to go hiking. I want to go for trail walks. And we have a lot of those in my area. And one of the things that I especially appreciate and I really, really love is the place where we actually built our home. The background has kind of like a foresty woodland kind of area back here in my backyard. And it's such a sight to see when I wake up in the morning and even throughout the day when I look outside, you see all the trees and the birds, the squirrels and the rabbits and everything and even deer running back here. And it's such an experience. I love it, love it so much because like, for example, today, it's a beautiful day and I have all my windows open around the house. and just hearing those little bird chirping, seeing the trees swaying from the wind and hearing the wind, you know, rustling through the leaves. It's so relaxing and calming, you guys, that it's just, it puts me in such a great state of mind. And I really recommend for anybody out there who is trying to find some kind of peace. It may not be maybe nature, maybe it's the ocean, maybe it's at a library, I don't know, maybe it's a particular place or location that maybe gives you more nostalgia or gives you more comfort regardless of what place you guys choose to be in that gives you guys your peace of mind i hope that that's exactly what it gives you that it gives you some sense of calmness to kind of regroup and kind of regain your your train of thought and stuff and to reflect on things that maybe you couldn't do in other places and for me it's looking out in my backyard and really experiencing the nature and being able to even sit out there on our deck and just to look out, just really take it all in, you know, it has been very, very helpful. At the end of the day, I am just grateful for having the opportunity to be able to experience those things in my life because they have been 
almost like therapeutic for me now looking back at it and just remembering those kind of memories and even right now till today appreciating nature appreciating wildlife and animals and one of the things that I did want to talk about one last thing here that I wanted to mention is how I actually end up naming my kitten because I gotten a lot of like questions as to why I came up with a particular name that I named my kitten. And now when it comes to my kitten, that's a whole other ball game of how I even got her and how I kind of manifested that into my life. Well, actually not kind of, I manifested it into my life. And that would be on another episode that I will be posting up probably pretty soon about manifestation and how that has helped me. But right now I just wanted to talk about the name behind my kitten. Her name is Kodama. It is a Japanese name and this name represents so, so much. There's so much significance to this particular name. I have been a very huge lover of anime. And one of my actual favorite movies that I've actually enjoyed not only has been Totoro, but I've also enjoyed uh, Princess Maronaki. And that's actually from the production company Studio Ghibli. Actually, both of them are. And oh my gosh, that production company comes up with some really great stories and everything. And they are directed and written by Hayao. I hope I'm saying the name right. Hold on. I think it's Hayao Mayasaki. And if I said it wrong, I truly truly apologize. I'm not good with words. <laughs> uh, but he is a very good director. And in regards to the Kodama name, in Japanese folklore, they do have these stories. You know, a lot of them teach you lessons and everything. But Kodama were like little spirits that were part of the forest. And in regards to this movie called Princess Maronaki, you have these Kodama kind of come out, a representation of them. They were kind of nameless creatures, but they're kind of based off of the idea of these kind of little spirits, right? And they were, they always came out, oh my gosh, I just saw a cardinal. It's beautiful. Sorry, I have the tendency to stray away from my mindset. <laughs> oh my goodness, but it's so gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, Okay, well, back to the story. So Kodama they tend to come up in forests and it shows pretty much that the forest is healthy. It's a representation of that. And in this storyline of Princess Maronaki, you do have at the very end, I'm not going to spoil too much of it, but at the end of the day, something happened and these Kodama ended up leaving. But at the very, very end, one little Kodama ended up coming back and showing itself. And it kind of represented this glimmer of hope that the forest was kind of coming back to health. And that is actually what I represent myself. Like I actually see myself as somebody who is working so hard and so diligently on herself, on her mental health, and to get myself in a great mindset. And for me, these little Kodamas, even after darkness and things happen and they start to die out, there's still that little glimmer of hope. There's still this something and it revives and it tells you that there's a new beginning, a new life coming back. And that's how I feel about myself. So to me, that is kind of what I wanted her name to be because she represents so much to me. She is not just a kitten. Like what she represents for me is so much more than just being a kitten. I absolutely love playing with her. She can get into things, believe me. <laughs> she can get into a lot of things, but she has been predominantly pretty calm and collective. And yeah, like she has a really great personality, but 
Yeah, so I just wanted to talk to you guys about that, just about the significance of Kodama and what that means in nature and what nature really played in my life. And have you guys ever thought about something in your life that really played big significance to you guys, whether it was a place that you may have traveled to or a place that you remember as a child that was really significant to you or brought good memories or even currently right now, a place that you probably go to to kind of reflect and just meditate or just a place that you can kind of work on yourself. Do you guys have that? If not, I really do recommend you guys to find a place, whether it's a park, whether it's a trail, or just in general, whatever makes you guys comfortable, a place that actually you can reflect and you can take a moment to yourself. But either way, you guys, I am going to leave you guys with that. I hope you guys actually enjoyed this episode. If you guys did, don't forget to share this or follow this podcast. And yeah, I really do appreciate that. And I hope you guys are all doing well and in good spirits. And again, sending so much good vibrations and love your way. All right, you guys, until next time. Goodbye.